I'm Tasha Pierce, and this is Sinister Silhouettes Live. Hey, Eric. <laughs> hello, 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 and thank you for uh, promoting my podcast with your list. I appreciate that so, so much. I'm I'm not a go through the, I love you too. <laughs> I'm, I'm not one that's going through those lists and trying to say yes and thank you and all this. I give it a like, but know that I truly, truly, truly appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Yep, that's my pod brother, my fairy pod brother, Eric. <laughs> so today, <laughs> today we have a, not a really packed show, but I'm pretty sure it, it could get that way real quick. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about was this lady in Indiana who um, looks like she could be my sister, actually, who embezzled $540,000 in just over four years uh, from a small business. And we'll get into that a little bit more. We're also going to talk a little bit about uh, the Daybells because I was having an interesting conversation on Twitter just a few minutes ago. And uh, one of, and I forgot who I was talking to, <laughs> but she wanted to know why Chad and Lori are not being named as murder suspects just yet. She um, she feels like there's enough information out there for Chad and Lori to be named as suspects. And I kind of disagree. So we'll get into that just a little bit as well. And uh, but first, because, you know, I'm trying to do my due diligence and by the way, you can get this glass. You can go over to tcbytv.com uh, and you will be able to find where you can pick up one of these Are We Alone cups. I love it. I also got a t-shirt that says Are We Alone and then it says uh, I Believe. So look at all that stuff on tcbytv.com. You can also follow me on all of the social medias, uh, tcbytv on Facebook and on Twitter. So you can find me either Sinister Silhouettes or at TCBYTB. And last but not least, uh, my Patreon. If you'd like to support the show financially, if you're able to, you can do that. Patreon.com slash Sinister Silhouettes. And that is where you will be able to uh, get access to bonus content. This, well, my first bonus episodes will be about the uh, Netflix documentary series. Don't fuck with cats. And that is because my few patrons that I have said, you know what? That's what we want to hear you talk about. And guess what? That's what I'm going to be doing. I'm also going to do, uh, I'm, I'm approaching 15,000 downloads. So I'm thinking that at the 15,000 downloads, I will do and ask me anything. We'll just sit and just chit chat. Uh, and, and that'll be for, that'll be open for regular listeners and patrons so no worries everybody is going to get an opportunity to ask me some crap <laughs> now I'm, the 15,000 downloads I probably won't get there for probably two months if things are continuing the way that they are right now that was just throwing that out there so that if you have questions you can get them ready for me I also have uh, a couple of emails that I had received and I think I, because I keep forgetting to do it on the live stream, I'm going to save those emails and do an episode with just me doing uh, the emails and responses and all that good stuff. So, yes. 
So let's jump into one last thing. I'm, I'm always, I'm all over the place because I didn't write anything down. So <laughs> one last thing. I've got those stickers. I showed the stickers last week. Um, if you like to see them again, I believe I put them up on the Twitter feed or on um, the website, tcbytb.com. If you would like to donate just a $2 donation, I will send you two, two stickers. So whenever you, however you want to support the show, even if all we're doing is sending in uh, ratings and reviews, because my review meter has not changed since last week. We are at 48. I would like that to continue in the right direction. Um, I don't have any of my homies except for Eric here, but I'm going to jump right into today's uh, topic which was Kenya Dake. I think I'm saying her last name right. It's D-A-K-E. And she, uh, yeah, she she got away with quite a bit of money <laughs> over, over a, a period of four years. She's been sentenced to three years in, in federal prison after pleading guilty to stealing more than a half million dollars from a small business and using the money to buy jewelry and pay for trips to Aruba. So Aruba. <laughs> so Kenya Dake, she's 51 years old. Uh, she's got that 37 month prison term um, in Indianapolis. And she did the whole wire fraud money laundering thing. She also has to serve three years of supervised release. She has to forfeit all the property seized by authorities and repay the money that she stole. Yeah, she knows how to live, right? If I'm gonna steal 500, if I'm gonna steal a half a million dollars, I'm gonna do it big. I think I would do it bigger than just going to Aruba, though. I think better do it right. You only get it one chance, <laughs> one chance to spit to to steal half a million dollars. So the government investigators found that she had funneled forty five hundred forty thousand dollars in company funds to herself over more than four years while while working as the controller and office manager for a small local consulting firm. If a small consulting firm can miss $100,000 a year, I would like to know what big consulting firm, how much she could have gotten if she would have just filled out an application at a bigger firm. <laughs> so the prosecutor said she connected her personal bank accounts to fake vendors that she had created in the company's bookkeeping system. And by the time the scheme was discovered last year, she had used much of the money for multiple trips to Aruba. She bought a sport utility vehicle and diamond and platinum jewelry. And she paid for various personal expenses. So yeah, so she took advantage of her position and her employer's trust for her own personal criminal gain. And uh, Here's my question. How much, how much control should one person have over all the money? Um, I would think that if I were a, a successful business in any size successful business, more than she would not be the only person who held the purse strings. There, there, if there's no checks and balances, kind of like in government even. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> Kind of like in government, if there are no checks and balances, same way with the police, 
checks and balances. Same with schools and all of these things. Uh, if there are no checks and balances, somebody is going to take advantage of the system. Somebody is going to take this opportunity to say, uh, well, they don't seem to be paying attention to what I'm doing with their money over here. So I'll, now I'm going to steal X amount of money. And it's unfair because then it puts uh, a bad light on all people. Some people are very trustworthy, but uh, they still need to be checked behind. You know, you just never know. People are one situation away from being a criminal. And, and by this, I mean cre any kind of criminal activity with me, if uh, especially when I was younger, if my son was gonna be hungry or I was going to steal some food, I'm gonna steal the food. <laughs> you know, if uh, if we are going to be homeless, or I'm going to take some money, I'm gonna take some money. So, and I'm not saying this as I, I I'm a horrible person. I'm saying this because I'm human. I that those are my 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 uh that's my threshold of of not being a criminal. That's my threshold. Once I get below that threshold, I might do something. And some people's threshold is a whole hell of a lot lower than that. If they can't take a vacation this year, they might steal a hundred some thousand dollars and take a vacation. Is that uh, a fair or is it right? It's not, but it's reality. So because everyone, and I do mean everyone, is one situation away from doing a, a criminal act then that's the, all the more reason that we need people to check behind those people. Don't trust any damn body because $500,000 in four years, that's a lot of money. Right, see, Eric says, mess with my kid and watch me become a criminal real fast. And that's what I'm saying. Because, because okay, we can even t take it to uh, crimes that have been committed in the past and I cannot remember the the uh name of this person he his child had been molested by a man and he met them at the the police station and he killed the man who had molested his child now the the police and everything are now protecting this criminal from a law-abiding citizen who just you hit his threshold now he's a criminal, you know? And let me see, Eric says, I remember that. Not his name, but she, he remembers the case. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember the name, and I think that's one I might have to do because it does, uh, it does show that everybody has that one thing that's going to push them over the edge into criminality. With Kenya uh, Dake here, she just needed her some, some ice, <laughs> some gold, and a couple trips to Aruba and some kind of sports utility vehicle. And that was it for her. That's not enough for me. You know, I don't, I don't think that that is something that I could do in a position that, that, uh, where I was g given trust to do a job. And then I decided, well, I'm gonna do this job. Plus I'm gonna take a tip. That's, that's, that's not where I'm at. Extreme hunger and homelessness, yes. <laughs> so that was the story of Kenya Dakin. Tell me what you think. Tell me, number one, yeah, that's greedy. So tell me, number one, 
do you think that uh, that she could have done pulled this whole thing off without being caught if there were other people checking behind her? And number two, how big is a consulting firm? Because this was a small one, half a million dollars in four years, and they didn't miss it right away. I'd like to know how big a big consulting firm, like a medium size. I don't even want to know what a big one does because big ones, you know, they're billions and billions. What does a medium sized consulting firm look like? Like how much money do you have that you don't realize that somebody is funneling more money into their own personal accounts? So let me know what you think. Um, other current events. Um, of course, the, the, the story that just keeps on giving is the uh, dumb day bells, Lori and her dumbass husband, Chad. And then my questions today was why they have not been uh, charged with murder. That's the word I'm looking for, charged. Why have they not been charged with murder? And to me, the, the devil's advocate in me says the reason why we have not seen a charge just yet is because all of the evidence points to Alex. They used Alex's phone to lead them to the bodies. They used Alex's uh, GPS to, to show the moving around. So how does that connect Chad and Lori. The only thing it does connect is that Chad had to have known that the bodies were on his property. It doesn't show who killed these kids. These children, we we have as a as a the public, we don't even know how they were killed yet. So we have things that are pointing that say, hey, Chad knew that they were on the property. Alex is the one who they have a case against and Alex is dead. So um, do you think Lori will get away with only being charged with conspiracy to commit murder? That's what it's looking like to me, unless, and, and because the police have been doing a great job of just keeping their cards close to their chest, I think that they are build, trying to build a case that includes uh, Chad and Lori in a murder. They want murder against these two idiots. But I think that the best that they might have right now is conspiracy. They have uh, Alex getting in contact with both Lori and Chad and, uh, and who knows what they discussed or talked about. We know he was there, but we just don't, we, we don't have them saying I killed Tylee, can you get rid of the body? We just know that Alex was the person who uh, who was doing the moving around when the bodies were, were, were being put there. We know that Lori talked to him extensively like the night before or, or the day before. We know that he was in contact with Chad as well. We don't know what they discussed, but we can assume possibly. Now this is just an assumption as well. None of us really know any damn thing, to be honest. But the assumption is that they were discussing these children uh, with Alex, and Alex has kind of stood out as the family enforcer. So I'm looking at it like Alex has uh, Alex has more dirt on his hand than anybody. 
we've already got him for sure killing Charles. He attempted to kill Tylee's father, who did uh, actually end up dying. Uh, we have him attempting to kill Brandon Boudreaux, and that is by Brandon Boudreaux's own words. He said he saw uh, Alex. We don't know, but will we put it past him? He's already killed one person. And once you, once you cross that threshold, once you cross the threshold of killing a person, I put nothing past your ass. I know that you killed somebody, and now we have a, a reason to believe that you killed him for no good reason, except for just to appease your sister. At this point, I put nothing past uh, Alex Cox. Thank you, Eric. He says I'm right. I appreciate that on that uh, on that point. Um, do I hope that that Lori and Chad get their comeuppance? I'm I'm still wondering why they ain't got their ass kicked in prison or jail. They're in jail, but I, I mean, yeah, she's she's got a uh, Lori. Her her birthday was the other day. So anyway, she. They are saying that she has the range. She can walk around. She's in general population. Um, and those kinds of crimes don't usually, they don't usually sit well with, with uh, women, men, other prisoners. Other prisoners say you can do anything you want, but don't fuck with kids. And this, these were her children. Her kids. I can understand Chad being disconnected as a, me and Mark. Me and Mark were talking last week. Uh, I can understand Chad being kind of disconnected from the whole thing, but those were her kids. How do you disconnect your feelings from your children? Even if you thought these children have unclean spirits attached to them, when you look at those kids, they still are your kids. How do you stop seeing your child when you look at the a, a, a kid and, and only see an unclean spirit? You know, it's funny. Parents, we know this. Sometimes we look at our kids as they're uh, growing into adulthood. My son, I say it all the time because I love my baby to death. My son is 25 years old, but there are times when I look at him and I still see that kid, you know, I still see that kid. So I'm saying to myself, how disconnected, how horrible a person do you have to be to look at your child and not see your child, but to see some type of monster? It's sick. Insane is correct, Eric. It is absolutely insane. It has to be uh which would be how she ends up kind of getting some sympathy because you you have to be crazy to do some shit like this. You have to be crazy to believe that your children are little demons and they just turn that way. You either have to be sick or you have to be stupid. You could be a little bit of both. And I think with, with uh, Lori, she... Uh, She's been brainwashed. She wanted to believe this total garbage that she she uh, gotten herself wrapped up in with uh, Chad Daybell and his uh, cult. Still no excuse. I, I don't think I could just take my kids and throw them to the wolves, literally, literally burying children in the backyard of a house 
that people are staying in. Never, right, never, I couldn't do it. So hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully they have this uh, massive case that they're building and, and that they uh, find a way to tie them into an actual instead of conspiracy, even though if they can prove another crime was taking place, everybody involved in that conspiracy could go up for the same for the same crime. Of course, Alex will never uh, will never pay uh, for his crimes or I'm sure he's paid for them already by by being uh, deceased. He's dead. So maybe that's his payment. But uh, when we try to exact payment for these crimes, I want it to be the toughest thing they could come across for these people. And and only because I, I want it to be uh, where nobody will try this again. But of course, we know people are going to try it again. Sad and sick as it is, um, it is not unusual for parents to kill their children. So... We will continue to follow this story and see where it takes us. Now, moving on to my next thing. I ain't got nobody sitting in here. I can just keep talking today. <laughs> well, to my next thing. There are people who are producing mask exemption cards. So they are they are literally making up some type of template that says, I don't have to wear a mask instead of just fucking putting on the mask. So to me, um, they are uncomfortable. The mask is uncomfortable. I don't like wearing them. I have to wear one the whole time I'm at work. I work around food. So I have to wear one the entire time I'm at work. Is it uncomfortable? Yes. Is it uh, annoying at times? Absolutely. Is it a necessity? Yes, it is. Because I feel fine. But that don't mean I'm, I am fine. So if I'm coughing in the air and sneezing in the air, even if I'm covering my mouth, something is going to get out. Don't you feel safe knowing that, hey, she's got a mask on, so she is at least trying to keep her germs away from me. So I'm going to wear a mask so I can keep my germs away from her. No, that's not what's happening. What's happening is we're getting an outrageous amount of people. I refuse to call them Karens right now because, you know, it's getting worn out. I know people named Karen. <laughs> so, yes, you guys know the type of person I'm talking about. It is a Karen type person. I just don't want to be dragging Karen I'm almost to the point where Karen could be like, that could be derogatory. Now, I'm not telling anybody else what to do or what to say. I'm just saying, I know what Karen is when you say it, but could that be a derogatory term? In five years, are we going to be apologizing for saying the word Karen? It's a question. <laughs> but then these people these entitled people, instead of just going and buying the 99 cent mask or getting a fancy one and paying seven, eight bucks for it, however much they cost, instead of getting the little cheap mask, you decide that you're going to put all of your graphic design and, uh, techniques 
and make a damn card that says you don't have to wear a mask. Just for people to say that the shit ain't right, that it's not, you have to wear a mask. Especially in Texas. Texas, we, we, the numbers are going up. I don't know what is going on in New Mexico, but here, sweetie, the numbers are skyrocketing. We've got some of the biggest hospitals in the world here, and they are at maximum capacity for ICU especially. And Eric says, it's not too bad, except Texas keeps coming over, spreading their bullshit. <laughs> Absolutely. Because these people, again, and I say it all the time, people that know their rights, but not their obligations. This is crawling over here. Right now, this shit is crawling. You don't want to come to Texas because you'll probably leave with coronavirus. This is just being honest, especially if you don't want to wear a fucking mask. So don't go to other states and give them your nastiness because you don't realize that your obligation is to is, is to protecting your neighbor. It's you protect yourself and also look after your neighbor. You're walking around here coughing and hacking, but telling the world that you're not wearing a mask, that doesn't make you... Uh, Superman, it makes you stupor. <laughs> Superman, <laughs> it ain't cute, right? It is nothing cute. You know what? I'm starting to find people very attractive with these masks on. Now that I'm just paying attention to eyes all of a sudden, <laughs> I don't have to see the mouth. I'm just like, oh, you got some mysterious eyes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, nothing, nothing enough to make me want to to take the plunge into relationshiphood, but that's a whole different podcast for a whole different day. Um, yeah, so wear your masks. Protect other people. Do not, uh, don't be these people that, that are walking around and put this entitled feeling that it is, it's a President Trump thing, okay? I said it. It does not make you weak to wear a mask. Actually, if you really feel like a mask would make you look weak or dumb, it takes strength to put it on. Don't you think it would make me feel like rather than looking weak for wearing a mask, you look weak for not wearing a mask. But you letting this man who's sitting in the White House, and I usually don't do this, but Trump is getting on my nerves here lately, okay? You're letting this man that's sitting in the White House tell you, no, you don't have to wear a mask. I don't wear a mask. But yet, every day, he's got people giving him tests to make sure he's fine. He's got people who make sure that uh, everybody around him is tested and fine. And as soon as they're not, they're quarantined away from him. You don't have that luxury. You don't have that luxury. As a matter of fact, I had symptoms, corona symptoms back in April. I was told that my symptoms weren't severe enough to get a test. Now, I don't know if that's the way things are right now. This is what, uh, two months later. So I don't know if that's the way things are right now. But you, you look at how much they cared about my life. Just sit at home for, for 14 days. That's all I can tell you, lady. Act like you got it. 
act like you got the virus pretty much. Now with him, two times a day, he's being tested. People around him are being tested daily. The minute somebody coughs, sneezes, or looks like they got coronavirus, they're getting put up away from him. He is, in essence, in a bubble. He's safer than you. You're letting him tell you to risk your lives for what? For what? Uh, for him to be reelected? That's the only thing. Economy. The money means more than any damn thing. So you tell me, who looks weak? All right, so now I've, I've gone on my, my tangent. Yeah, he knows who he's talking to, Eric. Right. You're talking to some idiots because I'm sorry. If you don't wear a mask in public, I'm not telling you to sit around your house looking like the fucking Lone Ranger. I'm saying if you don't wear a mask in public, there is something wrong with you. You deserve whatever you get because you don't know who has it. You don't know that you don't have it. Now, Batman, Robin, all those kinds of masks, sexy, <laughs> wear a mask. Okay, um, what was my other current event thing? It's pretty hot in here right now. It's usually when I do the head wrap though, I'll take it off as soon as the show is over because no. So um, yeah, last but not least, uh, let's talk a little bit about the protesters and what has been happening uh, as far as the protests go. In fact, I, I, uh, I responded to something on Twitter. I'm starting to become a Twitter little fighter. I like punch, do a little punches and then run out. <laughs> so the guy said, you know, we're mad at people for not wearing masks to Trader Joe's, but we're not upset at the protesters who don't wear masks. And I'm saying the protesters, period, and this is something that Eileen brought up uh, last week and I really liked it. And uh, just like I, I borrow from Eric all the time because he says things and then it hits me like, you know what he said was kind of profound. Well, Eileen had one of those profound moments for me as well last week. And that was, they have accepted the risk, the protesters have, because of the urgency of the situation. And I just like the way she worded that. It is the truth. They have already accepted the risk of being uh, of being a part of the protest. Hello. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well, thank you. <laughs> so yeah, they've accepted the risk. Phone. I've got it on my phone and everything now. It's taken over my life. <laughs> that happens. It happens. It's, it becomes easier and easier too. Like, uh, it's easy to just sit here and just, even when nobody was here, me and Eric was chatting, but even when nobody is here, it's just like, it's easy to sit and talk for an hour. I think I, that- I would be on the vocal eight hours a day talking about true crime and stuff. Honestly, would I wish, I wish it was, I wish more people would come on more often, to be honest with you. Yeah, you know what? I probably would. It's uh, with me. At four o'clock, I have to be at work. I have to be showtime at three something in the morning. So at two in the morning, I'm getting up and moving around to get ready for work. And uh, 
I got to go to sleep. I got to go to bed at like six o'clock. So by the time I go to bed at six o'clock, my time, uh, everybody else is is starting their their live streams. So you don't like you don't like what, Eric? <laughs> Wake it up, oh. Yeah, I'm used to it now. <laughs> well, you know, I, I I used to hate it myself, but here I am now. I get up, I drag my buddy in, I make the donuts, <laughs> and then I come home. Sounds good. To yeah, me. yeah, but yeah. So we were just discussing more or less. Uh, we had the conversation about uh, Kenya Dake. I'll let you look her up. She's a funny one. Uh, we talked about Lori and Chad and. The reasons why they are not uh, have not been charged with murder as of yet, yeah. and then we were talking a little bit about uh, about these people with their mask issues and how they don't want to wear their their masks out in public. Florida's just broke the record again, isn't it? Two hundred and seventy thousand cases in one hit in one day. Two two hundred and what? Seventy thousand. That cannot possibly be correct. Are you serious? I mean, it's it's just broken the record for infections in the in the, in one day. I I I have to. I'm happy to be corrected, but I'm it's a massive amount. Gosh. No, maybe I, I, maybe, I, maybe it's two thousand seven hundred. I don't know, but there is a I, lot. I hope so. Maybe it's two thousand seven hundred. But I know out of two and a seven. Oh <laughs> what I'm getting from three hours ago is yeah, that nearly 10,000 10, new COVID-19 cases following a record testing day, which is still an absurd amount of people who have gotten sick from, from just in one place. <laughs> 10,000? That is actually ridiculous. Look out. Eric's in the house. Eric! <laughs> I was trying not, to, try not to show my mug on here today. Oh, no. You're handsome as ever. My hair's messed up. Uh, <laughs> See, that's when you should have taken a swig hair. of your cup. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, can we talk about Trump's absurd claim? That if we stop testing, we won't have any more cases. Can we talk about that for a minute? Exactly. If we stop, if if we stop testing for coronavirus, there won't be any more cases. So, so, America hasn't got a second. America hasn't got a second wave. You're still on the first. Wave. Oh yeah, we're in the first. <laughs> so, somebody posted on my timeline. About somebody posted on my timeline. They said, "If we stop checking immigrants, more illegal immigrants." <laughs> How about that? Right. Exactly. <laughs> that was just. This man is stupid. He is very dangerous. And I'm sorry. I know that there are some people who support him and his policies. It's all been divisive. Everything that shit has gotten 110 percent worse. Yep. For these past three years, I've had people. Uh, friends who have been called a nigger to their face, not a nigger, <laughs> a nigger Mm-mm. to their face for the first time in their lives. We, I'm 47 years old. The first time I got called a nigger was, I mean, come out to my face was uh, right after Trump got elected. It was some young kids 
Ooh, I'm like, how do you, what? I, I actually didn't even know they were talking to me. I was standing outside. They came through and was like, nigger, nigger. And I looked around like, who are they talking to? Before I realized that they were talking to me. <laughs> you know what? I think a lot of the situation is, I think a lot of people were so brainwashed by Trump and they're so angry that he hasn't turned out to be the savior they thought. They're taking their frustrations out on the people who told them that he wasn't. But the thing they have still not admitted that, that, that he has not done a third of what he said he was going to do for this country. They won't admit that. They still say that he's the greatest president. And let's just be honest. These people are racist. Yes. They are. Mm-hmm. And now they feel emboldened. Exactly. They feel like they have the backing of the federal government. Mm-hmm. You saw you saw how they went and uh, as soon as Trump said something about taking your guns and getting out in the streets or something, how many armed people showed up at those protests after that? After he told them to, to move around, uh, telling them that they shouldn't have to be locked in in Michigan, <clears throat> how, how many armed people went to, that, to the, the state legislative building and decided that they were going to storm that building? He suggested and they do it. Got arrested. How many of those people got tear gas in their face? Did you see how close they were to the, the police face? They were nose, nose with the police and nothing happened. Well, I said to you, I remember one of our very first things we did in here. I remember asking you if it was a bunch of white guys with mm-hmm. guns, a bunch of black guys with guns, would they have even made it anywhere near that political building? No. Do you remember when they were in the Senate or whatever it was, the Senate building? I remember. And that sums up the whole problem for me, that situation. All the black guys are marching because of a white man's brutality, and all the white guys are standing on the sidelines with their AK whatevers, mm-hmm. watching them march. It's just a bizarre, bizarre situation. And I honestly, if Trump wins the next election, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Especially the COVID. I'm more afraid of what happens if he doesn't win. If he does not win, he has already started laying the cards that, oh, it's going to be um, civil war and blah, blah, this and blah, blah, that. He's already started making the excuses for why he won't win. So if he loses, his base is going to be so fired up thinking that he got robbed. When in actuality, if, if we went by the numbers, by popular vote, there would be no President Trump. <laughs> so the more of us decided that we didn't want that. This whole electoral system, and I know I've taken this completely off the rails from true crime, but yes, the electoral system... <laughs> yeah, it, it's time to change that. Uh, whatever happened to... Time to change gerrymandering, too. Whatever happened to the most vote, the most vote wins? I mean... What kind of fucked up system does not reward having the most the most votes it's winning? It's pretty system. basic. It's pr- yeah. It's pretty basic. It's a rigged system, it? Mark. It's rigged. Yeah. I mean, at least in this country, we just literally count every vote by every vote by hand. Oh, you've got the most votes. You're the winner. There's none of this college vote and fucking. <laughs> it just seems like such a. Excuse my language. Oh, 
such an effed up way of doing it. Yeah. And then and then you've got presidents that only control the House, but they can't actually do anything because they don't control the Senate. Surely if you're a freaking president, you should be able to control the House, whatever, the Senate, whatever, so you can actually get feel, stuff done. As far as presidential, uh, that type of thing, I still believe in the checks and balances. Uh, it's the same thing as, as all the rest of the stuff we were talking about at the beginning of the episode. Checks and balances is not the issue. The issue is when somebody gets absolute power. Mm-hmm. You're right. Absolute power. What does it do? Well, what is the point? What is the point in a president? A president that doesn't hold the Senate is a pretty pointless president, though. No? Because he can't get anything through. Look at Obama. Well, the Republicans in the Senate. Yeah, but that's the Republicans in the Senate. There are one of them famously said, "Our only job is to not pass anything that Barack Obama." Well, that's wants. Mitch McConnell. That's just who he is. That wasn't. I think it was. No, Mitch that is who I it think was. it wasn't. No, it's. We need that checks and balances though, because listen, if we didn't have that, if we didn't have the House that wasn't in Trump's control, it would be way worse than it already is. Oh yeah, exactly. No, you're right. You're absolutely yeah, we, right. We, we want him to, to have to answer to somebody, but the, the bottom line, he's a cancer. He, his whole re- regime, I'm calling it what it is, has <laughs> been a, a cancer to this nation. We had come, and maybe I'm just seeing that we had come kind of far because uh, because we had the Black president and because things started to look, we, people were starting to stop with their petty uh, discriminations. Look at how far we've come with LGB, you know, all the letters. <laughs> I, I have a problem with the letters. I know what the A means because that probably is what I am, but that's it. <laughs> but um, look at how far we have come. You know, uh, we, we had uh, a black president. We have had uh, lots of, of uh, as far as the immigration, DACA, all of these things were going in the correct direction. We are looking out for our neighbors and each other and all of this. We were still, nothing happened under Obama's watch that would embarrass this country. And I'll tell you what, if Trump, if Trump wins the next election, it is definitely rigged. I don't know why I'm saying that out loud. Yeah. I don't mind saying that. There is no way. There is because COVID, unfortunately, in America, COVID will get worse before yeah. it gets better. It's always been rigged. I think. I think you're right, mate. I honestly I mean, think you're right. When I first started, I was, even paying attention, I'm still I'm dubious. Like, I'm still dubious about his first win. I'm still dubious <laughs> about his first win. To be perfectly honest, I am. Well, well, my first really where I was like really paying attention to politics was the Bush. Kerry election, <laughs> Bush Gore. I'm sorry, Bush Gore. And that's, yeah, that's when I found out. Like, oh, this shit ain't real. <laughs> it's not real. Now, again, like I've spoken to uh, to my listeners before, my audience, please vote in your local uh, local elections. Please remain uh, very centered about what's going on in your neck of the woods. But as far as presidential, I don't think that's, a, I don't think it's real. Let's talk about Matt Gates's son, shall we? Let's talk about his son, who he described as a helper in one video. I'm going to say the back. Bitch, you ain't fooling <laughs> nobody. 
and nobody, nobody that is your boyfriend. <laughs> I have never oh, looked at a man the way them two was looking at each other. <laughs> they love each other. That is his boyfriend. He made out as though he went to Puerto Rico and just went, uh, yes, yeah, so I'll have that one, please. Yeah. yeah, before I'll just bag him up and take him with me. Yeah. Wow, is he 35? He's adopted a 35-year-old? The kid no. is like 19 or something, but there's no way. <laughs> there is no way that that boy is 19 years old. They call him DUI. They call him DUI Gates, don't they? Is that he what they call, call him? Something of that nation. He has gotten, uh, you know, like I said, everybody got problems. And but you cannot be throwing these stones when you living in these glass houses. Because right now, everything about Matt Gates, Donald Trump, they are throwing stones while living in glass houses. And we just it's just fucked up. It's just fucked up. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Fox News if a Democratic president had come out with half the stuff that Trump? I mean, some of the spin, Sean oh, Hannity. They, 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 they had a go at Obama for sneezing <laughs> in the wrong way. I mean, is what now? Oh yeah, the tan suit. He he was just wrong as two left shoes for having on a tan suit. And he looked pretty good in it, yeah. <laughs> but, but Trump is about to grab women by the... Yeah. That's one thing... That's what I know. There's a famous, there's a famous graphic. I knew that. There's a famous graphic of Fox News, mm -hmm. right? And at the same time that CNN were covering the grabbing women by the... Mm -hmm. they, were, they were moaning about Burger King's portion sizes on Fox News. As far as... Uh, yeah. Uh, President Trump is concerned. You know, it, it taught us a very taught us a very valuable lesson that you can buy your way into the White House. Mm -hmm. You can buy. You know, yes. Usually, it is not that obvious. Usually, it's not that he had no none of the characteristics that you would want for a president. He uh, actually the worst. As far as morally corrupt, he is the worst president I think ever. I don't think there's anybody who was as morally bankrupt as Donald Trump. It's his kids as well, man. Donald Trump Jr. I just want to punch. Oh, They're man. entitled because he was he he has raised them to be entitled. The only ones that I'm kind of like, I got some hope for is the Tiffany and Baron. I think that there is hope that they might be self-aware, that they might be able to read the room. But the rest of them, they, they're done. The problems with Trump, I think, started when he actually, I don't think he expected to win. I honestly don't think he entered the race actually expecting that he would win. And he's acting like it. He's acting like, especially now he's going to lose. As you say, he is just away with it man I, I just and the, the, the biggest cowards in America when he was saying all the horrible things how, how much did you hear from Jim Jordan and Mitch McConnell nothing it was tumbleweed moment now you heard nothing from them not absolutely nothing in the it? beginning they were 
kind of outspoken about Donald Trump. When it started to look like he was yeah. going to win, as far as primary, when they when he started to look like he was going to win, they started changing their tune a little bit. And I'm wondering how much of that is because of things that he can hold over their heads. I'm wondering how much dirt does he have on McConnell and Graham and all these people who did a complete about face after he won the primary. Especially that Lindsey Graham. He was dead against Trump mm -hmm. and president. There's so many, oh, we can't have him. He's got no morals. And as you say, the second he had the chance to win, oh, he's a great president. He's a great man. He loves doing this. He loves doing that. It's like, hang on a minute. Two weeks ago, you said you should never be a president. Two weeks is a long time in, in Washington. <laughs> Happened in two weeks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> look at, I mean, look at where we are right now. Would you believe that when, we, when did we start this whole COVID thing? Was that the end of February, beginning of March? 125,000 people are dead. 125,000 people who were here at the beginning of this thing are gone. You know, that that's criminal in itself. <laughs> that's a whole small city. Yes. With the city where I'm from. Yes. And the cases are just going up and up and up and up and up. You haven't, you haven't, like I said, you haven't got to worry about the first wave, the second wave. You're still very you're still in the first wave. Right. It's it's even Brazil. Even Brazil is now taking it a bit more seriously, but Trump is just like, oh, open the place up. You know, I mean, because he, it does seem to be the Republican senators, doesn't it, opening up their of cities, course, because they have to toe the company line. At the same time, though, <clears throat> common sense should prevail. Any governor should be able to think for himself. Like here. You should be able to think for yourself and say, how many more of my citizens have to die or get sick or be put in a position where they can die or get sick through this thing because I'm not making it mandatory for people to wear masks and I'm not slowing down the reopening of the economy. That's it. That's really it. Things need to happen in waves. You could, you were going to benefit nothing by just opening the door and the floodgates and, and all the water comes flying in. That's yeah. not the way it needed to be controlled. My governor, he has paused phase two. We were going to go into phase two on the first and we had 200 cases yesterday. So she's like, nope, we're pausing it. Sorry. Mm -hmm. My now. That is, that is a person who is aware of what's going on and not afraid of crossing. It's just a democratic governor is it so yeah we're just doing things that make sense well, it's just you're saying we're going to listen to the science we're going to listen mm -hmm. to the experts and we're going to make educated decisions right don't that make sense like like a real person right when, because me i i can think a whole lot of things but when a person who knows is telling you this is what i know you're telling people what you think tasha this is what i know I know that this and this and this will lead to more cases. It is my it's it's my civic duty to listen to that person who has the most uh, recent and and correct information. Not what I think. I I think that if we stop talking about it, it'll just disappear. Really.
I'm, I just, I, I can't. Don't believe everything you think. <laughs> it's going to get unfortunate. They all think it's just going to get worse before. It, What's before that? Now. What's that, Mark? I think, it, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. Especially, we seem to be, seem to be going all right here at the moment. We're down to like, I think we're down to 15, 16 deaths um, a day now. But it's still, we're still having mass crowds and mass meet. So we could have a second wave over here, but we seem to eventually, but our government's handled it appallingly. Unlike America, we had two warnings. We had Italy and Spain before us, where you can see it happening. And our country, we should just shut down as soon as Spain got it. Shut all incoming flights. Done. No we, only, we, only stopped, we only stopped incoming We only stopped incoming flights four weeks ago. I said we saw the same thing, Mark. We saw, yeah. we saw the same thing in the U.S. We still didn't do anything. Yeah. Right. Not only did, they, did we see it in the U.S., we had the advance warning from the, the, the uh, intelligence agencies that told him in January, it's coming. You need to, you know, begin to make your preparations, blah, blah, blah. And he disbelieved them. What Trump did do, to be, and I know, shock horror, I'm actually... He did ban travel from China straight away. Right. We didn't. Okay, so he banned didn't. travel from China. So if I'm Chinese, the only thing I'll pray for. I'm I'm in China and I want to get into the United States. I've been banned by the United States. So where do I fly into to make the leap from that place to the United States? It it wasn't. That was a symbolic gesture, and it was also more personal towards China. If some people really wanted to get here, they can go to another. They can make the shortest flight to the next country and then fly in from there. And they're still getting here. So, no, Trump wants us to believe that that was a good idea or a good thing or whatever. But the, the bottom line is it was really just a, a jab at China. It was not for us. It was not for us. Really, you don't you don't think he was? Uh, you don't think he did? Well, yeah, probably, probably right. <laughs> he well, well, however, however, he did it. At least he did it. <laughs> however, he did it. He doesn't least he do did anything it. Yeah. in anybody's interest except for his own. Right. That's right. It. How do you think this this lockdown has affected the crime, like serious crime? I mean, do you think there's 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 people out there who are offenders before lockdown? They were like, you know. Serial offender. Now, now you're opening up. Do you think they're just going to go? There's going to be an explosion of crime with people who have just who haven't been able to offend. My litmus test on think those kinds of thinking is uh, Chicago, and uh, things crime has not sl slowed down in Chicago. Uh, deaths have not slowed down in Chicago. Murders, as far as the murders are concerned. So I'm looking at it as if a person wants to do something. They gonna do it, it's, and it would have probably been easier to do it under lockdown. Now I'm from a, a high crime area, so now I'm I'm really thinking about the way things went where I was, you know, where I used to live. And that is, if everybody is at home, and we have to be at home, now I know where to find you. You're at home, you know. So if I go to your house and do whatever I'm gonna do at your house, nine times out of ten, I'm gonna catch you there. So if I have a problem with you and everybody has to stay home, it's easy to find you. So I don't think a real criminal, I don't think this slows them down. 
if they had it in their mind to do these types of things and commit these crimes or whatever, they're going to do it. We've had some very deadly weekends over in Chicago uh, for the past few weeks, in fact. Mm. And a lot of it is because people are still close to home. It's very easy to find out where a person is going to be uh, when when nothing is open. You know, there's see you later. I saw a talking video. I saw a talking video in New York, and this guy was just changing. I think he was changing a tire or working on his car. Mm-hmm. And this guy just walked past and shot him on the back of the head. No link to the no link to the victim. No. It was literally a random execution. And for me, that's not a normal person. That is someone that is probably a serial offender. He, he was just, he was bent down changing his tire. And he shot him right in the back of the head. Never met no link to him at all. That's a scary that is a scary offender. Yeah, I agree. And it's probably worth it. It's just like everybody else, like we were talking about how uh, how Alex Cox was the enforcer or the hitman for his family. Those little gangs and, and groups, they also have enforcers and hitmen. So some of these guys do have a lot of bodies on them. They have killed a lot of people. So they are uh, psychologically removed from the act of killing. So yeah, I would believe that if 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 he was just changing his tire and somebody walked by and shot him, I believe that that was. No gang, I'm sorry. It was, a black, it, was a, it was a black shooter and a white man. It was a black. It don't matter. <laughs> yeah. It was no, what I'm saying was it wasn't gang on gang. It wasn't. You're in my hood. Bang! Have some. It was literally a completely random. That's a scary yeah, individual. If it was completely random, because it was what people have been doing, have known to be doing, is they'll take a they'll take a lid like this, kind of like this, and they'll stick nails in it, and then they'll set it in the middle of the street, and somebody will run it over, and it'll flatten their tires, and that makes that individual a target. That makes them easy to to get to. They stick the nails in there and they just wait for somebody to come by that will be a victim, you know? So yes, I have seen what looks like something completely just random has been set up by a person. That could have been a yeah. But either way, even if it's set up, it's still a scary, scary person who can walk up to a completely random person who was changing his mm-hmm. tire in his car in the middle of the street in the middle of daylight and execute him in the yeah. back of the head. That is not a normal... That is like a hitman. Exactly. It was... It looked like, mm-hmm. You know? Scary, scary stuff. Because people, there's a lot real. of people with a lot of people to kill people. So it might look like I have no reason to have an issue with Mark. But if somebody gave me $20,000 and said, finish Mark... You know, it might look like. I'll bear, that in, I'll bear that in mind. I had no idea you were that kind of businesswoman. To be honest with you, I'll, I'll bear that in mind. I didn't know. I knew. I knew there was something mm-hmm. about you. Yeah, I, I had no idea you were a cartel lady. Yeah, if I tell you too much more, I'll have to kill you. Kill me. <laughs> oh, no gosh. doubt. He is a serial killer. Mm-mm-mm. Well, I have had 
When are the court cases going to open up in America, Is man? It? I miss watching court cases. Sit there and watch a court case, high-profile court case. I quite sad as it sounds. I quite enjoy that during lockdown. And then they stop. Damn it! I watched the Jerry Jerry Bird's trial, and there was nothing to it apart from DNA. There was no evidence at all, and he got the death penalty. And that was an and interesting was case, and that was the last one I watched. Jerry Bird. There was no evidence whatsoever apart from mm -hmm. DNA. Nothing. His DNA was on the victim's steering wheel and gear stick, so and it was a brutal crime in a supermarket or a mall parking lot, and there was no evidence he'd ever met or anything. It's a very well, strange how, case. How, um, how, do, how would you explain it? It's on, it's on YouTube. How would you explain the, the trial was on YouTube? The DNA getting there. Yeah. How, how do... Exactly. It's the only way that it can get there is... When they interviewed him, and I love watching interrogations and interviews, he was very convincing. He was like, yeah, check, check the DNA. Here's my DNA. Here's my blood. No problem. Check it. It won't be me. Now, he's either an absolute psychopath, a narcissist, or he was telling the truth because he was so convincing. He wasn't folding his mm -hmm. arms... <laughs> or shrugging or looking to the right. He was dead. Check the DNA. It's fine. No so, problem at all. Have my so DNA. He, he may have been set up, is what you're saying. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm checking. It wasn't a complete profile. It was, it was, it was I don't think it was a whole profile. What I'm probably some kind of contamination, maybe. Or, mm -hmm. But I'll tell you, but I was amazed. I was like, what? if you're a juror, would be would DNA just be enough for you? Just DNA, no other evidence. Would that be enough for you? It depends on what type of crime we're talking about. Um, if the DNA, if it's like touch DNA on the steering wheel, maybe, maybe not. If it was a DNA profile, say in underwear or somewhere private, that would be enough for me. If it was someplace where it would have no reason to be. That would be enough for me. It would be enough if it's someplace that it has no other way of getting there. So if 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 we're looking at a, a rape and your semen is found in this this <laughs> these underwear or on this woman or on this person, yes, that would be enough. <laughs> if we're talking about uh, touch DNA, probably I would need more than just like. You touched this item, so that means you're guilty. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's going to be very interesting how DNA, like in 10 years' time, we'll be looking back going, oh, do you remember Do you remember when that DNA was so <laughs> old? And, but in 10 years' time, they'll be, sol they'll be solving so many cases, cold cases. It's going to be agree. unreal. And I also think that, uh, that one of the ways that they will begin to get more DNA pictures of people with their profiles is through uh, what we're looking at is AI. As far, as long as as far as AI is coming, uh, pretty soon you'll be able to uh, well, an officer or law enforcement will be able to tap into your toothbrush and get your DNA. <laughs> <laughs> The rape, the rape, I'll tell you what, when all these rape kits, eventually, when they're tested, these rape kits are going to shock everyone. How many serial rapists have just been left to yeah. offend? 
without testing the kit. It's going to shock. It's going to shock everyone. Oh, oh, but we never saw it. And the worst thing is, they'll say, "Oh, I never saw it coming." You can see. You, but, we can see this coming. I'm telling you now, <laughs> the golden state killer is small fry. To what's I reckon it's small fry to what's in those boxes. Mm -hmm. Honestly, there's going to be so many. 70 year old men rocking back and forth on their perches <laughs> on their on their little, rocking back and forth on their ch on their chair and then suddenly all these SWAT teams are gonna be around them because in 1970 they were a prolific serial rapist no one knew. i'm telling you i'm telling you it's gonna happen it happened with the mm -hmm. golden state killer i agree yeah there's been a lot of them actually uh more even even more than golden state uh I think maybe last week there was a forty-year-old, a forty-year-old crime, a forty-year-old cold case solved again through DNA. But of course, at this point, this offender had already been deceased. But they did uh, through genetic genealogy, they were able to trace it back to his family and then to him. And he was a person who had been a known criminal. I can't remember the name of the case. I just read it. I just read it. I don't, I don't think the FBI should have a... I think the FBI needs to be given a major... I don't know Trump hates the FBI, so it won't be from Trump. Um, the, Trump the FBI needs a huge funding injection to get all this tested. Get them all... Literally, make it so there's no rape kits sitting in warehouses. Just get it done. Get it... It's, because there's, there's probably people in those boxes who are still mm -hmm. doing it now. And, and it's because <laughs> it's sheer incompetence. It is sheer. It's sexist. It's probably sexist. It's probably it's sexist. It's a disgrace. It's the same over here. Apparently, I was I only got found out yesterday that apparently there's untested rape kits in this country. But every one of those rape kits is an offender. It's a, it's a victim, but it's also mm -hmm. an offender. So you've got 200,000 rapists walking around right. America, at least, at <laughs> least. Because how many, how many thousands were destroyed? That was, that's how the scandal mm -hmm. started, wasn't it? Rape kits being destroyed. And how many And no one, no one wants to talk about it. No one wants to talk. The FBI don't want to talk about it. The government don't want to talk about it. And I'm like, there's just 200,000 cold cases in America, at least. Mm -hmm. Murders. And then you got the rape kit. And it's like the worst serial killers are probably the only one that's the only it's ones that have been found. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. That's why be, that's why people oh Sammy Little's the worst ever. No, he's the worst mm -hmm. known ever. Because until you test everything and solve right. more crimes, I'm I'm pretty there's convinced you're people you out here anything, still yeah. again. Yeah, they're still doing it. And and to me, honestly, uh if I was going to be a serial killer in the U.S., I'd be a woman. There's somebody's looking for you to do it. You know what I mean? A woman serial killer. I would imagine there's, I would imagine there's cool girls who are very rarely it happens, but a bit like Eileen mm -hmm. Warnos. And to be honest with you, they're probably getting beaten up and beaten up, and then they snap one day, and then they, they actually get a rush yeah. out of giving some back, and then maybe they start maybe they start it doing easier, it. But, it's very, very rarely, but you're right. You're absolutely right. It's um, women serial killers are, are out there, but they're very, very rare. black widows exactly. and nurses are probably right. the most common. 
they're the most common, aren't they? Uh, we've we've had ours over here. We've had mm -hmm. the nurses over here. We've had Harold Shipman over oh, here. Who's got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Don't know of them. how many more people he actually killed. Oh, here's a question. For, here's a question for you. I asked in my page. I, I haven't asked you. If you could sit opposite someone like Harold Shipman, who was not a non-violent serial killer. Or someone like BTK, who you know was was you know how evil he was, or the gold unshackled in an interview room for one hour. Who would you rather be sat opposite? Oh, I'd rather sit across from Harold Shipman if I'm if I'm if this person is running train. Just you and him, table you and him. There's a yeah. table just. Trained, I'd rather it be somebody who uh, who isn't skilled at killing somebody with their hands quickly. So yeah, I, I don't want to sit yeah. across from somebody who is uh, who is has committed these crimes with their own literal hands. You know, I yeah, I would rather sit probably rather sit opposite. Uh, I would probably rather sit opposite because you're expecting it. Whereas I think Harold Shipman was just a whole different type mm -hmm. of evil. Because he was doing it for so long and he's killed so many people and he perfected it, unfortunately. That at least you're expecting it with it's like it's like a group of violent people. It's always the quiet one in the back who right. stabs the people. It's never mm -hmm. the comic one at the front. It's always the quiet right. one at the back that does like a little jab and run. So I would probably rather sit opposite BTK because you know what you're getting. <laughs> you know, you know, just simply because you know what you're getting, <laughs> you know what he's you know, we don't know what Harold right. Shipman's capable of. Honestly, can you know idea. Harold Shipman, a mind, if you a mind could really kill somebody with your hands, you would have done it. You need that weapon. You need that. You need that needle. And if I think that I could take you, if if I think for a second that I can whoop your ass, I'll take my chances with you. Now, open a can of whoop ass on your ass. Whoop, BTK. Because he gonna whoop my ass with experience. He's been in this situation before, where he has had his hands around somebody's neck, or at least uh, a tool by and torture, kill. He he he's done it. He won't even need. I think it would. It would I think it would be easier to talk to BTK as well, because Shipman had, and everyone who talked to Shipman said he had a real yeah. god complex. Because he was killing yeah. elderly people thought and that hundreds of being, them. He thought they he, were but, saving them. Yeah. I think Yeah. I think BTK, you could you could probably stroke his ego a bit, maybe, or the Golden State Killer, whoever, not just BTK. Yeah. I think it would be easier to manipulate uh, the conversation, stroke your ego because you were so prolific and yada yada. But Harold Shipman would just Yeah, well, you know, that's what I do, you know, I'm just God I'm to these people. So I think it would actually be easier to talk be actually easier to talk to BTK than it would be someone you know, like yeah, that would, if, if if that's what floats your boat I say do it there's no real right or wrong with that one it's like yeah it's, it's interesting it's an, from, a, from yeah. a woman's point of view it, it's, it's interesting because we were talking about the whole rape kits and all that and we would like to talk about violent rapists and people who knock their victims out first because we had a we had a taxi driver over here called mm -hmm. John Warboys. Have you ever heard of him? Looking look into him. It's a fascinating case. He used to pick women up from nightclubs on shift, 
spike his champagne in the back of his taxi with a date break drug. And he had hundreds of victims. Hundreds of, okay, just about 120 odd victims. And he'd say, oh, do you want to celebrate my lottery win? Crack open the champagne. They were out cold. He did his business. And they used to come round outside where they asked to be dropped off. And when they came round, he was like, oh, no, you, know, you mm-hmm. just passed out because you're drunk. It's almost a perfect crime, isn't it? Almost, almost right. a perfect crime. Drunkly, intoxicated already. You no, know, you just fell asleep in the back of the car. Here you are, like. But he wasn't as non-violent as you got. He he never beat them. He never right. attacked them. He never. But he was he was a I suppose he was a rapist version mm-hmm. of Harold Chipman, really. <laughs> a rapist version of. <laughs> I think well, that's the only way I can yeah. describe it, really. Um, but the, what it's fascinating, isn't it? Is these you don't have to be a raging maniac, bloodthirsty raging maniac to be a horrific no. serial offender, do you? It, it you really don't. It'd be a person really who, who is a very calm, can be a calm person, can be a murderer, you know, very calming effects on, on everybody but their victim. You know, I've, I have, let's just be honest, I've met killers, you know, I have met people who have gone on to be killers and uh, they they weren't somebody who made your skin crawl or, or you got uneasy being around them. It was somebody that was easy to talk to. And uh, I'm kind of lucky that, that things didn't turn out the way that they could have turned out for me because you meet a person and they seem like a very nice person, but you know, uh, timing is, is, is not right for you and that person. And then the very next person you see that he kills. <laughs> it's, it's an, it's, an amazing feeling you feel like you just dodged a bullet you know yeah it's crazy i've never met i've never met you know, but it'd be my it would be my it would be a pretty interesting thing for me to go in and interview one and just find out what had if like if as long as they were committing the truth you know what mentality had they when they were committing the crime and what mentality they had when they went home to their family, and if it's two different entities. And, and I think next week, when I come on, because I'm about to, to end this week, you were late today. Yes. <laughs> yes. But next week, That's my fault. Talking too much. <laughs> I will talk about uh, the guy that I met who uh, turned out to be a killer and, and just explain some of the things that happened after the case, after he committed the crime, how he acted, what he did, because I think you would probably be one person who would appreciate how. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Let me know when you're coming on. Give me a DM or something when you're coming on. Yeah, I completely forgot. I thought you did Fridays. I completely forgot you came on on Saturdays. uh, So, yeah, I only clicked on it and chant. Oh, my God, she's on. Doing it for you guys. <laughs> but yeah, it'll be one o'clock Saturday because I'm tr- I'm trying to uh I'm trying to be available for for more than the um, the U.S. audience, I guess. Yeah, no, I'm I'm on tomorrow at ten p four p.m. Eastern or five p.m. West, whatever you call it, about ten p.m. my time. And tomorrow we're talking about the Hillsborough disaster. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. 
uh, as 96 soccer fans went to a game and it never came no. home. 96? 96 soccer fans went to a game and the police acted the way they did and certain things went the way it did and 96 people never came home. They were crushed to death. So that's what we're looking at tomorrow. tomorrow. And the families are just... The families are who really... The families of those 96 are why I want to get into, like, say, hosting people on something like this, like justice for whoever. Right. And, you know, just just trying to hear their case and share people. it. And right. their, their, their family, their fa- honestly, looking, I'll send you a few links on Twitter. And that the families, and I think you'll appreciate the mums, mm-hmm. were just amazing. Relentless. They took on They took on the government, they took on the police, and they won. But they still haven't had justice. There's still no one being charged. So in theory, it's on. It's unsolved mass mm-hmm. murder because it's it's been law. Yeah, it's been ruled unlawful. Yeah, gonna, yeah. send me those links. I am very interested. I will. Go- Google the Hillsborough disaster and you, on Wikipedia, and that will give you quite a lot of information. But I'll send you a link to a, about a lady called Anne Williams. Just, it's pretty heartbreaking, but inspiring as well and i'll send you that link okay. in a minute um but yeah if you want to come on and join us tomorrow and talk about it or if not we'll talk about it next so time tomorrow also. you're saying three it'll be three my time 10 p.m it's like half past eight now my time so it'll be an hour and a half later tomorrow okay so yeah it, it, what time is it where you are now for something it'll be an hour and a half it'll be 3 45 so it'll be just about four yeah, four, yeah, I think it's four Eastern or whatever it is. Yeah. So, yeah, I might be able to do four And I have a group of ladies that come on. You say you have a group of ladies? A group of ladies, actually, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not one to brag about it or nothing, like, you know. Well, yeah. So I'm going to um, I'm gonna close with that. Uh, you guys can catch up with Mark tomorrow at uh, 4 p.m. Uh, Central Time. Oh, certainly not you. I hope you yeah, join me. I still me. want other people to, to if, if there anybody. Oh, thank you very much. No, that wasn't why I did it. I just wanted you to join, you know, because I always yeah. join yours. Yeah, it's if good. I'm awake, because I'm pretty sure three or four o'clock is early enough. <laughs> yeah. Because all right. No, no problem at all. So lovely to and see you again. It's been such a wonderful time again. Oh, as always, love hanging out with you. And uh, uh, yeah, thank you. And with that, I would like to say stay the fuck out the shadows and we will catch you here next week. Bye. Yeah, what she said. What she said. Yeah. Bye. See you later. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>